This podcast discusses instances of abuse as well as violence. So this is a quick reminder to take care of yourself. Take Hello, everyone, and welcome to Love Is Not. I am super excited for our episode today. I think I say that every single time, and I've probably said this too, so listeners, you're just going to have to deal with the fact that I'm excited for every episode, because you should be too. But I'm especially excited because I'm bringing on two guests today, one of which is one of our producers, Adam Joel, and a friend of the pod, Izzy. Um, And I am actually going to be handing it over to Adam because today we're going to be discussing the very popular television show, kind of doing an analysis of that show, how it represents relationships, how it represents grief, and what's healthy in the show that we can point out. To clarify, I personally have not seen WandaVision, so I'm gonna kind of be taking a back seat, letting my reactions roll as, as these experts and folks and, and fans of WandaVision uh, kind of give me the lowdown. I was gonna say, we should also clarify and just say very directly, this is an enormous spoiler alert if you have not Oh, watched God. WandaVision. Oh, yeah, that's important. Um, I'm okay with it. I have I have informed consent and every listener should too. I'm okay with it being ruined for myself, but some people might not be that cool with it. So that this might be an episode for you to skip. But yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Huge spoiler alert. We're probably going to spoil everything. So <laughs> no worries there. Let's kick it off. So if you don't like Marvel movies, you're just like Sydney. So stick around while she yes. trashes them with us and while we fan out, critique, and roast it all at once. I also want to say hi to Izzy, who is not only a friend of the podcast, but she is studying forensic psychology and is a verified Wanda stan. How you doing, Izzy? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. All right, just for folks at home, I'm going to start with an attempt at describing WandaVision, which is definitely a weird show. (laughs) Izzy, let me know what I'm missing. Sydney, let me know what makes no sense. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Here's my best, super fast version of what is WandaVision, so we can jump into the relationship conversation. So we have two superheroes, Wanda and Vision, hence the name of the show. Wanda's a magical witch, one of the most powerful heroes that people geek out about. And Vision is kind of like a British Superman and Vision has died in a recent movie. When we start the show, Wanda and Vision are in like a 1950s sitcom, and we're like, what's going on? That's part of the weirdness of the show. But as the show goes on, it's revealed Wanda has created a whole alternate reality where her husband Vision is still alive. Mm. So she's taken a literal whole town hostage with a big bubble of control they call the Hex, like a big red bubble. (laughs) And she is forcing the whole town to play background roles in her own little made-up sitcom world where her husband's still alive. Her husband does not like this. Oh, you already, you got beef already? Oh, I have so many issues already. (laughs) I'll wrap it. I'll wrap up the general description so we could get going. As Vision realizes what Wanda's doing, he's trying to catch her on these weird lies and what's made up and what's not. She basically gaslights and controls everything. But she's also cool. I'm also a fan of the show, just in her being a cool, powerful character. But how she uses that power is questionable. So we're going to get into it. I think like the first thing I was thinking of talking about is the hex. 
Wanda's yes. big red magical hexagon bubble she puts over this town where she can control everything in it. She can change what era they live in, what they wear, what they say. And they're all basically extras in her story. So Izzy, I'm curious what your thoughts are, just like reacting to the hex and what that could mean in relationships as well. Going into it, I really didn't know what to expect. And when I saw WandaVision, I was thinking, okay, this has to be some sort of alternate reality thing because, you know, Vision's dead. But is Wanda truly in control here? Is there someone else manipulating her? Is she aware of what she's doing? Mm. Or has she become like a full-fledged villain who has made the decision to take this town and control them and, you know, do whatever she wants? And I think that is not a question that we can answer. I think there are a lot of parts in the show where it's implied that she doesn't know how it started. It's not implied. She says that... I don't know how any of this started in the first place. And that was part of what I was really excited about. I was really excited to see if this was all her, if this was someone else involved, or, you know, where she stood on this morally as well. Because Mm -hmm. part of what I love about her is that she is a morally great character. I just think that that provides a lot more depth to her character. You know, you have someone like Captain America, who I adore anyways, But he is pretty much placed very firmly in that category of, like, the good guy. They do say it started subconsciously, just a grief explosion. Mm -hmm. um, And then it became conscious and she knew what she was doing. And she was manipulating everyone to stay. So part of what frustrates me about WandaVision is I feel like it's this big missed metaphor for abuse that's, like, could have been perfect if they were focused on that. So I think they handled grief really interestingly. But they did not want to deal with abuse as an issue. So they actually have these side characters <laughs> who are telling Wanda, or saying Wanda is a good person no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. Which is part of why I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Sydney. This idea of like, this basically FBI characters. And the good one is saying Wanda's not a terrorist. She's just like a sad hero. Wanda's not a terrorist. By your own account, you describe the experience of being under her mind control as excruciating terrifying a violation is that sort of the the moral question that comes up the idea of control and yeah can you use your own pain as an excuse to hurt others is, is i think a big moral question yeah well <clears throat> my answer to that question is no <laughs> um you can't obviously you can but to me that reads as wrong to me that reads as like an unhealthy way to express grief And this might, I did not plan this or or anything, but, and don't get mad at me for mixing DC and Marvel. Um, But I watched, I watched uh, The Dark Knight last night, just because I think it's one of the best movies ever. And it just makes me think of like, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. At least relates to me, not necessarily on an abuse level, but like for someone like Wanda, who is born to be a hero, She's living long enough to see her powers turn against the people around her and Mm -hmm. essentially become a villain. But it kind of sounds like she's not recognized at all as a villain. Is there like discussions of like, hey, Wanda, this doesn't feel cool. Yeah, there's there's a line at the end of this series where one of the characters, Monica, is talking to Wanda before she leaves Westview and she says they'll never know what you sacrificed for them and I was just kind of like we could have handled the ending of this a little bit better because like yes you went through a lot of emotional turmoil when taking down 
that alternate reality because it disintegrated her husband again. It disintegrated her children that she had with him within that reality. So she again lost her whole family. But we got to acknowledge that she was mind controlling an entire town. Like that's not cool. (laughs) It's not necessarily a sacrifice to let all of these people go. They really um, not. ended with her apologizing mm-hmm. to one person while the whole town stared angrily at her. I'm sorry for all the pain I caused. I know. I don't understand this power, but I will. The apology and justice did not match the scale. Exactly. Because she sort of just goes to a cabin. That's the ending is she's like, bye-bye. <laughs> she just um, like dips on this town like, hey, I'm not going to pay for your uh, therapy, your therapy after I mind controlled you and for like how long? Do we know how long this time period was? I was trying to remember how, how, long, how long did it last? Not that it, it matters. Like Doing it once is A couple bad. weeks, I think. Oh, okay. So it's not, it's not like years that she's... No, no. It wasn't no. years. You know, everyone in the town's controlled by her, so I never know when she's talking to herself, basically, or talking to an actual person. But one of the lines that drew me crazy was her her brother comes in and says, I think, you handled the moral side of this very well, and compliments how she's, like, handling it by, like, oh, you're giving people these nice storylines, you're mm-hmm. keeping the kids sort of comatose at the edge of town, I guess. Um, it depends on, I think it's because she's like the center of it. And so she only uses the people who are close to her. So as she moves around, the people around her quote, like activate. And then people mm. farther away from her are just sort of Live on stationary and comatose and frozen. Oh, wait, everyone is just frozen if she's not around? Pretty much. Sort of. It's like a ripple effect. (laughs) So she's like kind of stolen their identity, like their lives and identities. And Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, she's completely stolen their identity. She like changed their names in the show. This isn't cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I kind of want to jump into personal stories based on this because uh, the way people talk to Wanda, sometimes like she's directing them, like, oh, would you like me to say something different? It's Mm -hmm. creepy. Definitely mm-hmm. reminded me of my relationship with my mm-hmm. ex who was abusive yep. in terms of just little things like at a game night, my ex didn't really know the rules. Right. I would be very attuned to like her triggers and what could make her upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see if like my family was going to try to correct her on something. I would step in and be like, oh, no, we could just play this way. That, 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 that's that's fun, too. So like I, I tried to create this bubble around my ex to make sure people around mm-hmm. me and myself were creating storylines of a date or mm-hmm. a day with her that would make her happy. Sydney, does that sound familiar to your experiences at all? Like, so hit the nail on the head. It would even be like, okay, you you just always get to decide what music we listen to in the car, because if you don't, you're going to get mad at me. Um, mm. Or you're like, you know, going to display some type of violent or hurtful behavior. And I don't, I don't necessarily read that from wanda that she's like gonna hurt people if they don't do what they want or like but just that aspect of control wanda would be my ex and i would be the townspeople not like vision or anything the person Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. she's actually dating um to draw like a parallel but i would create a bubble around him but i think i was like within that bubble as well like Mm. i had to create it around both of us not just him. Izzy, I apologize. Like, 
WandaVision is a great show in a lot of ways. We probably won't spend a lot of time talking about the things they do that are awesome in this particular <laughs> podcast. Yeah. That's I fine. Will... That's I mean, that's why I'm here as well, because I yeah. love exploring the different facets of her character. And like I said before, I don't view her as like this right. ultimate good guy type thing. Like there's a lot of shit that's wrong with her. But yeah. I also find it really interesting to try and figure out why she does the stuff that she does. And that's also just the psychology brain in me being like, why? I love morally ambiguous characters for me personally, when like abuse comes into it, it gets a little tricky, but that's my, that's because of my very personal experience with it. (laughs) It's interesting. Both of you guys have studied psychology and are interested in why someone is abusive. Cause I think Mm -hmm. that can also be really challenging, especially for me as someone who has no psychology background, I think the question of why is this person so mad at me is something that keeps people around. Like it, it feels like, oh, this is a puzzle I could figure out. Um, exactly. It's your fault. Wanda, and you, exactly, have to, it feels and like, you have to fix it. Yeah. Exactly. So on a day where my ex ended up in a good mood or a day where my ex ended up giving me the silent treatment for four hours and telling me to go away, I would try to review in my head. I'm like, what did I do today? What works? What doesn't work? But the rules keep changing. And similarly, Wanda will restart people's memories sometimes in a day. Like there's one time where Vision is like onto her and Wanda's very much like roll the credits. We're done with this episode. I'll see you tomorrow and you won't remember. And that's sort of how I felt is like, I could have a really tough day with my ex and I would be shaken up and I would come to her house the next morning and she was like, like, hey Dave, like wanna go to a picnic today? And the, so rebound. <laughs> the total restart. <laughs> The total rebound and restart is something Wanda does that I think my abusive ex did too. And I didn't want to talk about the bad day. I'm like, we've got a new episode ahead of us. That's how I felt in my in my relationship. You sweep it under the rug. I was actually the exact opposite. So I was probably much more like, it feels like I am vision. Um, or I don't know if you kind of get that idea if I'm drawing this parallel properly, but um, like would would have a terrible fight the night before and then I would be the one who's like I want to talk about it like let's have a conversation I, like let's let's actually talk and then when I would finally see him he'd be like I'm so excited to hang out with you and like he wouldn't he wouldn't bring up what we wanted to talk about and he would be so sweet and I'm like where you were just calling me a psychotic cunt like 16 hours ago why are you not like I'm very confused as to why you're just like let me make you dinner or something like what happened to the day yesterday? Full yeah. Yeah. And that's part of what's interesting is like this with the sitcom metaphor of WandaVision, like episodes typically restart no matter what happened in the last one. A lot of sitcoms are, are episodic mm-hmm. in that way where nothing's building like a Breaking Bad. It's just like mm-hmm. new episode, everyone's the same characters and nothing's yeah. changed. New um, episode, new problems, new everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think in that way, Wanda's always looking forward a new decades uh, satire of sitcoms, a new plot line, whereas everyone around her is trying to look at the past and she won't look. She won't mm-hmm. look back at things she's done or the no. pain she's feeling. For Wanda, it's very much a type of escapism when it's her always looking forward and never looking back because she's always taken and it's shown in the series that she's always taken comfort in these sitcom TV shows. She watched them back when she was a child with her parents she was watching one when the missile actually struck her apartment and killed her parents you know she's shown watching them after her brother died and i think to her it's a very literal 
form of escapism because she has the ability to do it. She is creating her own sitcom where she can create her own life and she doesn't have to think about what happened in the past and she doesn't have to deal with it because the emotional effort that goes into dealing with your grief and dealing with your past was, I guess, just too much for her at that point. For anybody going through that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you have to, it's very important to realize that even if the emotional effort for someone to fix their own issues is a lot, it's not an excuse to treat others like crap. And I think in real life, people have other forms of escapism when they can't put themselves in a sitcom. Some are healthy, you know, people exercise, people have healthy forms of escape. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, sometimes it's drugs or alcohol or people have other ways of, of dealing with those emotions they feel are too much and other yeah. ways those can harm the people around them. And I think yeah. also I, I do want to like just hop back to the control issue mm-hmm. because I have some thoughts yeah. on this. Just because I wrote my undergrad thesis on the impact that the corpse has in the grief process. And we see Wanda interact with Vision's corpse. We see that she has no control over what has happened to him. He has been dissected. He's been pulled apart. He's basically being scrapped for parts when she sees him. And while she has the power to stop this, she knows that like she can't really attack a government building and just steal his corpse and take it away. But when a family doesn't have control over what happens to a loved one's corpse that can actually extend the grieving process Mm. and that can make it much more difficult for someone to have closure so when we have situations like a missing person or a murdered person or even large-scale natural disasters Mm. where bodies are either recovered in pieces or just not recovered at all it can have a huge impact on someone's ability to find closure and i think that exacerbated her grief and it made it much more intense than it should have been for her. I was just going to say that's really powerful what you're saying about um, trying to grieve without your loved one's body. And that creates another point is Vision tries to leave the hex. Mm -hmm. And when he does, his body breaks down because he's leaving the area that Wanda has created where he's alive again. So to me, that's this metaphor of like, we see it as cute to say to someone we're in a relationship with, like, you complete me. And I, I think that, you know, it can be cute, but it also implies, like, I'm incomplete without you. And Vision was literally physically mm-hmm. incomplete without Wanda. Mm-hmm. He was like... He was, yeah, he was unable to exist outside of her fishbowl. And so were her kids as well. Um, mm-hmm. The twin boys that she had with him were also unable to exist outside of the Hex because she had tied their existence to it. When Vision's having this wake-up call, Darcy says to him, like, the one thing I know is your wife's love for you is real. Your love is so good. Your relationship's great. Like, that was wild to me. uh, Yeah, because it is is very much an outsider looking in. It's a really great example of how abusive relationships are not always, like, obvious, you know? Seeable. It could be these two people who seem very in love and from an outside perspective it can be like oh my gosh wow you guys are so devoted to each other you guys are so in love you know this and that when in reality you know behind the scenes so to speak there's like a whole other bunch of shit going on yeah i would get comments of like oh my god like you and josh just have like the most perfect relationship like 
you guys look so cute. You're so in love. Like I want a relationship. I had, I had, I remember very distinctively one person saying like, Oh, I just want a relationship like you and you and Josh have. And I had to like bite my tongue and be like, Oh God, you have no idea what you just wished for. Like you have absolutely no idea (laughs) what you just wished for. Um, And I think it's, it's like even more interesting to, um, like the idea, at least in the storyline of WandaVision, that Vision isn't really in on it. Like he is, like the abuse gets projected or it's transient. Like it's more towards the issues I have is more towards what she does to like the townspeople versus what she does to her actual partner. And I'm curious if like, does he ever find out? Like, what does he say? Like, how does he actually feel? Or in that sense as well, is he actually sentient and having his own feelings and thoughts, or is he also controlled by Wanda? Like, can we actually trust him in his reactions, or is he under her control? We we do get a, a moment where Vision finds out. We do get moments where he learns what's going on. Um, and that's why he tries to leave the Hex in the first place. What is outside of Westview? You don't want to know, I promise you. You don't get to make that choice for me, Wanda! Yeah, so I was thinking we could just go around and, you know, each sort of get a chance to say, you know, sort of like the personal side of why we connect with WandaVision, why we felt like talking about her, what we've, what has come up, and then we could uh, get into like what we think we could have done differently. Um, so that could be our wrap up if that's cool with y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to me, coming coming from an abusive relationship, seeing this show, I really just wanted them, I wanted someone to to notice and to and to really just feel that sense of justice of she shouldn't be doing this and i think vision was the only person what you're doing here it's wrong it is wrong so it would have been nice to have the validation of like more people saying this is wrong i think that feeling is what drew me to want to talk about on the podcast is everyone seeing one version of the person you love and you seeing another behind closed doors I enjoyed it and I was super hyped and super excited to watch it because I've been a fan of Wanda forever. But I really, I would have liked to see, like you said, like more people really acknowledging the parallels between Wanda's actions and an abusive relationship. They, they handled the portrayal of her grief exceptionally well, in my opinion. But I think in doing so, they also neglected to address the more, uh, abusive aspects of her actions as well as just like not really going into the moral grayness of it they at the end there was sort of like this quote-unquote redemption where she was seen as you know giving up her whole family for this town and it seems like you're either stuck in the show narratively but between like monica saying like you gave up everything for these people and people like Tyler Hayward saying she's a terrorist. She like, we have to take her down and trying to kill her with like missiles and guns. And like, you know, there's, there's no real in between by saying, yes, she's suffering, but this is how you can handle it better. I did like in the end, how it showed her coming to terms with her grief and then ultimately understanding why she was in the wrong. I just 
think it could have been emphasized a little bit more. I'm wondering what it might have been like if Agatha, this other witch who, her thing is stealing other people's powers, um, if she was more successful. And, or maybe even Wanda decides, you know, I'm not worthy of these powers. And she does the full 180 and gives up all her power, gives up all her control and seeing the repercussions of that, of um, maybe they're not trying to set up for a season two, but I think it would be an interesting cliffhanger if, you know, Wanda's more on the puppet end of the spectrum now and Agatha's in control. Um, so I think that would have been a little bit of poetic justice of now Wanda has to, you know, live in whatever sort of box Agatha's creating. And maybe the world now needs Wanda to, to come back out and, and face Agatha. Um, so I kind of wanted to see if, if we're going to say Agatha is the real bad guy. I wanted to see a bigger evil plan. I want to see her making the hex expanding wider and wider. Um, so I think I need more convincing that Agatha was the real bad guy and that Wanda fully surrendered could have got me more on her side. I would have I would have actually loved to see that as well. I don't know. Again, going back to the the, the parallels between her hex and an abusive relationship i would have liked to see them acknowledge that directly and be Mm. and i even say the word abusive because a lot of the Mm -hmm. times in abusive relationships it's not uncommon for the abuser to be unaware of the fact that what they're doing is abuse a lot of the times it's viewed as being just who they are as a person just their personality them being insecure Mm -hmm. and healing from that and becoming a better person always starts with addressing your inner concerns. For Wanda, moving on from that, I feel like would address, would mean addressing her need for control, especially Mm -hmm. in a life where she has had little to no control. And that's applicable in real life as well. When, when people are in an abusive relationship, the abuser it's not necessarily like this big bad guy kind of thing. Like, Oh, I'm going to abuse my, my significant other, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm just an asshole. Like some people are like that. Some people, it makes them feel powerful. Some people have a display abusive behaviors without even recognizing that it is in fact abuse. And I think part of the conversation around that has to revolve around addressing people displaying abusive uh, behaviors and saying like, hey, you need to fix your shit. As opposed to solely focusing, I mean, on on people being abused because that sort of, it seems to sort of put the blame on them. Like, why didn't you get out sooner? Why don't you leave? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? When I think we should also flip it on, on the abusers and say like, hey, um, if you're doing this, that's abusive. If you're doing that, that's abusive. Like it might stem from your insecurities. It might stem from your past traumas. Doesn't make it okay. Yeah. 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 That'd be interesting. This actually really reminds me of a conversation with my therapist. Because um, <laughs> we're talking about an abusive person maybe choosing to leave themselves or choosing it to end mm-hmm. it themselves. And my ex dumped me, which is something I've, trouble finding people to relate to people with abusive relationships um like on this podcast the question is often how did you leave and i'm like um i got dumped slowly (laughs) and badly um so to me it's it's really interesting and i i said to my therapist like one sort of bit of mercy my ex gave me is at the very end she was like don't hold out hope it's truly over and i was to me i was like okay 
that actually worked for me in hindsight because I got to just finally move on. Um, but my therapist was like, I hate to say it. You see that as mercy that might've just been a cat getting bored of playing with the same mouse in terms of like, it's no fun dragging this guy along if he's just like keeps coming back for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so a cat getting bored of the mouse, uh, is now a, definitely a different way for me to see how my relationship ended. But hopefully we could have seen like a more um, merciful version of, of Wanda doing that of like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And she did pull the walls down. Mm -hmm. um, so she does get some, some credit for that. But we do have a moment when she's um, confronted by the townspeople in the square where they're mm -hmm. saying like, you know, when we go to sleep, we see your nightmares. We're feeling your grief. It's poisoning us. It's hurting us. You're hurting us. I've kept you safe in here. You, you feel, you feel at peace. We feel your pain. Oh. Your grief is poisoning us. No, stop. Please, let us go. And Wanda seems genuinely shocked by the fact that they're suffering. She seemed to have been under the impression that she was keeping them safe and keeping them in this perfect world and... Mm everything was okay and they were okay. I think that kind of implies that she doesn't necessarily know the extent of the control that she was, um, what am I trying to say? Like extending mm -hmm. onto them. It, she doesn't really seem to know the extent to which she was controlling them. Yes. Um, and I think that that can also be true in abusive relationships where people are, are not necessarily aware of the fact that like oh if i if i tell my significant other that they can't have like guy friends or girlfriends then that eliminates like half their friend group or like most of their friends or whatever it's i don't think it's necessarily always a, a malicious thing and it's it's very interesting to sort of try and see that as, in real life that sort of unawareness of mm -hmm. the true impact of your actions. Um, and I know that personally, when I was much younger, I was in a relationship. Um, I would call it toxic. I, I wouldn't have called it abusive. It was just unhealthy for both me and my partner. And I know that towards the end of it, I withdrew um, quite a lot emotionally because uh, I realized I didn't have feelings for her anymore. And she very much still had feelings for me and at the end I realized that you know when she would text me when she would call me she was like working so hard to get my attention and I was just not giving it to her because the anxiety that I felt made me uncomfortable because I knew that I didn't feel the same way about her anymore but I had been to enough therapy sessions to realize that my behavior was toxic and my behavior was unhealthy. And at that point, I, with the, the emotional support of my mom and my dad, I called her and I was like, hey, I got to, like, we got to break up. Like, mm -hmm. this is not fair to you. It's not fair to, like, me. It's toxic for us. It's, it's like, I cannot give you what you need. And I, I would have liked to see the same sort of like explicit acknowledgement from Wanda just coming from someone who has been like on the other side of, of a toxic relationship and then realizing that I'm part of why it's toxic because I'm withdrawing so much mm -hmm. 
with her, I would have liked to see her really explicitly state like, oh my God, I've really fucked up here. Yeah. Yeah. I really admire that, that self-awareness. I think that's what we all need more of. And Wanda, put down your magic book or show some remorse. Maybe, maybe be a full villain or a pacifist for a little while in your next appearance. And then I'm going to root for you again because I, I do like your powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank you, Izzy, for joining as, as yeah. a Wanda stan and psychology uh, aficionado. And uh, thank you, Sydney, for joining a Marvel conversation, even though you're not a Marvel fan. Yeah, this was fine. This wasn't as torturous as I uh, had expected it to be. So maybe I'll. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> we could go. I mean, I feel like you could have a whole series about the different superheroes and like the issues now in talking. their relationships and and in their characters. Truly. So if y'all want us to do another uh, episode and roast slash critique another superhero, we are down. Thank you to Adam for being on the podcast again and bringing another friend with them. And uh, thank you, Izzy, for your Marvel expertise. Um, Please talk to me all about your upcoming degree in forensic psychology. Um, And thanks thanks to Marvel for making such an interesting character for us to discuss. Perhaps I'll watch it. Perhaps I won't. That's the mystery for you. but thanks so much. Hope you enjoyed our Marvel chat. If you or someone you know may be experiencing abuse, we encourage you to reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. You can go to their website at thehotline.org and give them a call or even have a live chat.